Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome everyone to Lashcast. I'm here in my in my 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 studio. It's my studio, Tuss. Welcome to the show, Tuss. Well, thank you. It's my studio too. It is. It's your studio too. It's our it's our new studio. So we haven't shown anyone our new studio, but we will soon. If you follow us on Instagram, we're uh, we wanted to make sure we had more done before we start showing everyone. But anyhow, moving on. Today, what are we talking about? We're talking about who shouldn't get lash extensions. Exactly. And because I see this often online, I'll see comments, I'll see people posting information of who should not be getting lashes. And it made us start thinking there's some things that people don't talk about. And there's some conditions or some things that we've seen that you should be aware of who are people that are not good candidates. But at the same time, I think there are some people that you think aren't good for lashes who are totally fine. Yeah, and there's this idea, well, they shouldn't get lashes. Well, we might disagree, and that's okay. By the way, we live in a world where it's a big tent, and if you disagree with us, we still love you. Hopefully, you'll still love us, but we're going to, yes. So we're going to share some other, I guess, opinions on this. But before we do that, let's get a few announcements down. Guys, the Lashies are here, the first ever annual Lashies, and I really want to encourage you to take a shot and sign up. It's really, really easy. It's just a basically like three or four essay questions in each category. There's five categories. There's an overcoming story. So if you've done something amazing last, last year, which most of us have, what? I mean, I just want to say, if you're an achiever, if you take pride in your work, if you have a following, if your clients are satisfied, it means you're doing something right. Don't you want other people to say, hey, don't you want to be noticed? This is your chance. The way we built our salon was through what we said, third-party validation. We would go out and we would get nominated and we'd win awards, and then that would help us get open up new doors, whether it was getting interviewed or getting the speaking engagements or whatever. So this is what you want to do. If you really want to expand beyond just doing lashes in your salon, you hope to be a trainer, you hope to be a speaker, you hope to have product line, you hope to have some other side business in the industry. Well, this is where you go and begin to get that third party validation. So we have overcoming story, customer service, client retention, referral, technology, and salon design. Each of those are very unique. It's not something you're going to see in other things. So we kind of picked stuff that was unique to us in our industry that really focused more on the business. Hey, maybe next year we'll add in some lash categories, but this year we really want to reward businesses. And we have two divisions. We have the solo artist, and then we have this lash salon owner. So you're not going to be competing against lash salons. You're going to be competing against other solo artists. So you can pick one of those tools too, based on what you're doing. And then write those essays and submit the application all before September 3rd or by September 3rd. And it's not like there's only one winner in each yeah. category. No. So you've got good chances here. Yeah, you've got great chances because we will be rewarding anyone who scores at a certain level. That's like one of the top scores. We'll t- maybe take the top two or three, four or five, whatever it is that we feel meets a certain benchmark. And we're going to honor all of you at LashCon on Sunday night, sponsored by LashBase. So it's very exciting. I hope you guys will check it out. Sign up today. Tusney's Lash Retention and Styling Course is up for sale. We've sold out more than half of it. So there's we only, only f- have four? We only have three or four seats left. So if you want to get it and you want to see us on September 18th and 19th in Vegas, guys. So it's going to be fun. You can come and learn in the day and at night. Have some self-control, but have some fun <laughs> and then show up, right? So, and then also we have our Lash Allergy course, which is a week from, t- well, we're recording this on Monday, but it'll be next week. So that's going to be the 16th of August. So, and that's only 59 bucks, super cheap. 
And this will relate a little bit to what we're talking Lots about today. Lots of good info. Yeah. So you want to sign up for that today as soon as you can, and you'll get your information and link on to the live recording, which we have new information that we're going to be mm-hmm. sharing. So if you took it before, um, it's going to be not quite the same. It's a refreshing update. Yes. So cool. All right. Let's get into it. Let's talk about who shouldn't get lashes because we had a few people who said these people probably shouldn't, but then we have a lot, not quite a few examples of people who I think our industry often says, no, you shouldn't. That's right. I think just so you know, ahead of time as a listener, our net is pretty wide. I yeah. think our net is pretty much the widest yeah. on who can. Yeah. The who can't is pretty small and it's pretty specific. And I hope to give you the answers so that you know who those people are. Yeah. So let's first go into who we would say shouldn't get lashes because there are some people out there that shouldn't. I think for one, me, I'm the first one, right? Paul? No, no, you no? can have lashes. Oh, okay, all right. You I, should I actually, have lashes. I, I did have lashes. During the pandemic, I was wearing lashes. I was sporting them in our house. No one could see them. Yes. <laughs> anyway. No, no, I like them. Yeah, no, I did. you did, you did. Actually, I didn't think it was so bad. It's not a feminine look. No. I mean, you can for sure feminize a masculine eye, but that's not usually super masculine, right? Yeah, yeah, that wasn't what I was looking for. It's not, yeah. So let's get into the first one that you mentioned, we went through this list. The first one you were saying is someone with a permanent tattoo, I guess, recently, correct? Oh, yeah. So basically, if they've just had their ink done, and the way that you would know this is if there's still crust on the eyeliner mm-hmm. or the defining eye, um, whatever it's called, yeah. Yeah. anything with crust on it still is going to be a problem because... The adhesive, if it's low enough, is going to bind with that crust, and it's just going to be kind of messy and yucky. So you want to make sure that crust is off. Because you also touch the forehead too, right? Your hands You're talking about the eyebrow. Yeah, yeah. That's different. Oh, you're talking about permanent tattoo on the eyelid. On the oh, eyelid, yeah, yeah. yes. I mean, if it's on the eyebrow, you, just, you have to watch out for that, and it might not be wise for you to do that. Mm-hmm. But if you were able to do their eyelashes without messing up their eyebrows, you certainly could. But what I'm talking specifically, if if somebody goes in and has permanent eyeliner or Mm -hmm. eye enhancement or lash enhancement, as it's called, where they put the pigment in between the hair, anything like that where it's still crusty, it's still healing, is not good because it's just going to bind with that stuff. They're not going to be able to clean it properly. It's not going to be pleasant so the big thing it's not about time it's when they come in if you see cross you go i'm sorry it's not it's not, not been a right long time. enough time yeah so go yeah go away so you you know you can <laughs> usually tell that before they come in they'll tell you they'll be like i'm just getting my eyelashes done or my eyeliner done yeah. is that okay you'll say wait, wait why don't you wait two weeks yeah if you still have crust on it i can't do it yeah, I mean, plenty of times we would have to reschedule someone. They would let us know, oh, yeah, I'm getting done on this week. And say, oh, wow, your appointment's only like three days after that. No, let's go ahead right now and reschedule you for a later date. Now, let's talk about removal, pigment removal. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a gal come in. She had just had the pigment removal that day. And I was very hesitant, but I took a look at her eyes. And what happened was that the laser was not ablative, meaning that it didn't disrupt the cells on the surface of the skin. It only burst the pigment inside the skin. So on the outside of the skin, it was completely intact. There was just redness, a little bit of redness, and I didn't see any openness. There wasn't any oozing. She just said it was a little bit warm. We went ahead and did the service, and there wasn't an issue. That's generally a rare thing. This was a client who was coming from, she'd had the pigment removed from Koreatown. So anyway, just They like to remove pigment in Koreatown, don't they? Well, I think that it's corrective, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, I know. It was totally obscure. I don't know. I yeah. know nothing now, about this. Now, if it was ablative and it disrupted that cell layer and there was oozing and there was crusting, 
and there was an open wound that would disqualify that client. Okay. What about a bar fight and they have a black eye? <laughs> yeah, I guess that probably... A black eye? Yeah. Well, um... <laughs> black eye is not a good uh, match? Here's the thing about this. What? Most clients, if they have an issue with something going on in their eye, like an infection or a sty or something like that, they're going to self-select and they're going right. to cancel their appointment. They're going to be like, no. Because they're too embarrassed, usually. I mean, yeah. I've had tons of clients call like with styes. We'll talk about that later. But they were like, oh, I have a sty. I don't want to come in. I don't want you to see it. Like, it's, yeah. it's so gross. And I'm like, okay, all right, we'll reschedule That's you. That's fine. You know, sometimes a person will come in and a blood vessel will burst in the eye and it can happen. It's painless. During the appointment? No, 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 not during the appointment. I had a client who was a fitness instructor and she was lifting some heavy weights the night before and she woke up in the morning and her eye was bludged. It looked like it was, you know, completely red. That happened after I went to the bathroom one time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. Stop. <laughs> the strain caused a lot Please. Anyway, so it happened to her and it was no big yeah. deal. It's not, there's no issue with the eye. It's just a broken blood vessel in the eye. There's no issue of so contagion you, or anything. You've like gone that. off script here. <laughs> I'm just saying. You just, you went to the things that we don't have to worry about. So, okay. So that's one bursted blood vessel, yeah. which looks like they're from a demon or something yes, like that. But exactly. it's okay. They're, it they're safe. It's, it's just a blood vessel. Okay, we'll put that in the second half. Okay. I won't edit this, but you guys got a little preview of something that is okay, even if it doesn't look okay, because it looks really icky, right? It does look icky. It uh, looks scary. The client will probably say, oh my gosh, I woke up. My eye's completely washed out. I didn't do anything. Everything's fine. Is yeah. it okay if I come in? The, the point that I was trying to make is that clients will self-select, and yeah. they will let you know if something's a problem. Yeah, I mean, so if somebody's got a black eye, they're probably going to tell you they probably cancel their appointment because they don't want to go out in public but if it's just bruising of course they can have it yeah exactly of course they can so let's another thing that where we say you shouldn't is when someone has some sort of surgery like lasik a cataract surgery, lid surgery of any sort, right? Well, let's break this down first. Yeah. There's two kinds of surgeries. We're talking about the eyeball itself. That mm-hmm. would include cataract or LASIK, maybe an intraocular lens where they change the lens out. Those kinds of things where there are actually two lasers involved. The first one opens the flap of the eye, and the second one changes the shape of the cornea or takes it out and puts one in, okay? Anything that requires that with the flap of the eye does require a longer amount of time, actually. So the minimum would be one month, 30 days. Now, oftentimes the client doesn't know this, and oftentimes they've just had their LASIK done and they're super excited and they're like, I want my lashes done. And you may say two weeks later, you say, I really want you to wait two more weeks. And they'll say, well, the doctor said it was okay. The doctor doesn't understand that I'm going to be manipulating your eye. Well, this is unique to us and our technique. A lot of people don't touch the eyeball or eyelid true. at all. So That's they true. maybe would be okay. That's but true. But for our technique where you're using your fingers like tape, pulling the lid a little yeah. bit to help But even it. if you're putting tape on the lid, yeah. you cannot do that with somebody who's just had LASIK. Because what happens is the eye takes a long time to heal because it's not super vascular, the eyeball itself. So they can cut that flap and like even a month later go in and just open that flap right mm-hmm. back up, okay? So it takes quite a while to heal. If there's any smudging or moving of that flap, like imagine your eyes closed and you're rubbing the outside of your eye really hard, that's enough force to cause 
caused that flap to fold. Mm -hmm. And then they open their eyes and their their vision is blurry because the flap is folded, right? So if that happens, what happens is that the client or the patient has to go in. The doctor has to open that flap, scrape off any cells that have started to heal inside that flap, stretch it, and put it back in place, okay? So we want to avoid that because it also can affect (laughs) their vision. So one month, four weeks to be safe on that. And that's the same thing for cataracts. So even if the doctor says it's okay, because we've seen that. I remember many times someone says, no, 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 my doctor said it's okay. I can come in. And I'm like, we just have a policy of 30 days. So 30 what, days. You know, what was your date? And they'll say it was on the 15th. I said, well, then let's have And the it reason why days. I do that is because I know that it can permanently have long-term vision consequences if they move that flap. And chances are it's not going to, but I don't want to take that risk. And I don't think that we should as professionals either. Yeah. So now that's different from somebody who's got a blepharoplasty. Now that's when they take a nip or a tuck of the upper or the lower lid. That's different. That's not actually working on the eyeball. It's just the skin. And you can have your lashes done just two weeks post-op. Basically, even if you see the redness of where the stitches were and it's still red, that's okay. If you feel the incision and there's still like hard, crusty stuff, that's where the wound is still remodeling. If there's any texture to that area, that's too soon. You could put a little bit of pressure and that would be like maybe 10 days, one week post, but two weeks is fine. Even if it's red and as long as it's healed and it's a smooth, you don't feel any of that white, like kind of like a scab as it's healing. You don't want to touch her at that point. Okay. So basically when it comes to eyes, LASIK, cataract, 30 days, some sort of lid surgery, going to be a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then that's good. So those people just have to wait. They're not like they're not good candidates. They can have lashes, but just not now. That's right. Yeah. Also, is anybody who's just got a, an intraocular lens put in, mm-hmm. that's also 30 days. Okay. Um, next, how about infections? Someone has an infection in their eyes, pussy, whatever, not red from just a busted blood vessel, but infectious, let's say, right? Yeah. And everybody knows if somebody's got an oozing pussy eye that you're going to turn them away. Now, in my career, I've never had to do that because people self-select. They're They're not not going to come. come, You know, you feel like Igor, you know, in the basement ringing the bell tower, you know, when you have some kind of an eye infection, you don't want to go out. So people aren't like flocking to get their eyelashes done at that point. So even if somebody's eye is red and it's not oozing, that doesn't mean, you know, they have an infection, right? So, but anyway, yeah, obviously crusting, oozing, you don't want to touch that person. And you can see them from the door. Yeah. You know, you can say, hey, what's going on with your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? Again, I think we had it once or twice in our slot in 13 years, once or twice where someone came in. We had to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Looks like you have, you need to go to the you doctor. You the start of something. Yeah, yeah, I think we might have had something like that. I had to come but but out, you know, tens of thousands. It's incredibly and, and, yeah, rare. rare. People are going to self-select. Yeah, exactly. And then the last one we thought of was if someone has an open wound. And I'm going to guess this is where they cut themselves, got hurt, injured, or maybe it's from surgery or something like that, but something that's open and gross, right? I mean, that's not something you want around the Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Again, you're not really going to see yeah, that I've in our population. That. No, I've never you know. seen an open wound where someone's like, yeah, I just got a car accident, but man, I really want my lashes. No, I, I will tell you, I did have the opportunity to do it. This gal had an open wound in her nose. Oh, no. Yes, she had it in her nose. She says, oh, it's been here for like... 30 days and it's not healing. Oh, gosh. I said, you know, I think you probably need to go see a doctor and have that looked at, you know? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
disgusting. Okay, now we have a few, um, like four or five other ideas of people that you often hear people say, oh, you shouldn't get lashes. And the first one I would say is, well, this is maybe not as common, blepharitis. I think sometimes people think if they have really bad blepharitis, they shouldn't get lashes. Okay, well, if the client presents with incredibly bad blepharitis where it is crusted on the lids and you go to remove those crusts like you would normally wash and it's oozing, you remove those crusts and it's oozing, yeah, you're going to say, you know what, this is a case where I'm not able to continue with the service because after I've washed you see all this oozing that's happening. So that's it's this infection going on, probably, right? It, yeah, it's probably a staph infection. Okay. You don't need to be able to diagnose this. All you need to say is if it's oozing, the lash line, you can't see them. Got it. But if it's not oozing, you're just extremely dirty. Yeah, you, of yeah, course you can. Clean it. And clean move it on. and move on. If it's clean and the skin, you know, you clean in between those lashes. I always like to put, a, you know, especially if there's a lot of crusting on there, I will wash with the cleanser that has hyperchlorous acid in it. It's a bioconstituent of our bodies. Our bodies produce it healthy wise. It's very safe. You yeah, can acid ingest always it. Sounds dangerous. Hyperchlorous acid is what you use to use nursery schools, bibs, pacifiers. It's super, super non-toxic. It's wonderful. So anyway, I always put that on the eyes, especially if they've got any crusting or flakiness, and it really just cuts it down completely. I mean, you tell these clients, the ones that have all that terrible crust, and you teach them how to wash their lashes, and they never do, right? And they always come back as crusty as possible. If they're super crusty and it's bacterial, you put the hyperchlorous acid on them. The next time they come back, they won't be crusty and anymore. Is that it's something amazing. you just type in, hyperchloric acid, and you find no, it? No, not hyperchloric acid. Very different. Okay. okay. Very, very. <laughs> do not put hyperchloric uh, oh, acid okay. on your eyes. Hyperchlorous acid. Oh, chlorous. Hyperchlorous. Ah, that's very yes. different. Yes. You can go on Amazon and you can type up hyperchlorous eye wash mm. or even hyperchlorous acid cleaner. You know, they've mm. got kits that you can make it at home. And we um, got this, I think it was Dr. Stout. Yes. He uses Dr. this Dr. Stout in his uses own this in his own practice. He uses it on everybody. He uses it on his tools because it is non-toxic. It's safe to, you know, it really is. It's safe to ingest. It's safe to put all over the eyeball. Oh, good. Yeah, it's I'm fantastic. Drink it tonight. I use it in our humidifiers because, you know, it keeps it from growing mold. It also keeps the COVID from infecting the air. Yeah. Just Look it up. It's fantastic. Hyperchlorous acid. Okay, another one that we... I got this a lot, actually. This is a very common one. Someone would call me and go, I'm so sorry. I have a sty, and I'm going to have to cancel my appointment. Well... Contrary to popular belief, styes or hordeolum is uh, caused by obstruction of a meibomian gland. Now, Mm -hmm. there are some that can become infectious. Infectious. It's it's kind of rare. Usually, they have to be cultured in order for that you know to find out that. Mm -hmm. But it's usually not bacterial, and it is safe. It's just a blockage of it's a blockage. It does get red. It does look like there's pus in it, but that is the meibum or the meibomium fluid and it's pressing it's coming out and it's it's pressing the gland is obstructed so it's not able to be expressed so it gets larger and larger and then it gets red because of the pressure there it's not because of the bacterial invasion it it can be painful now what's needed in that is good hygiene but it's usually not bad hygiene that got it in there it's that obstruction changes with the meibomium gland and the oils in it what needs to be the it needs a warm compress to help melt that and express that that so if there 
there on the tail end of healing, usually they will self-select and they'll say, listen, my eye is swollen. I have a sty. I don't want to come in. That's yeah. fine. You don't yeah. want to deal with it. That's fine. They don't want to have their lashes because honestly, there's going to be some unevenness anyway if they get their lashes done. But I had a gal who had a sty. The day that she had her lashes done, she said, oh, you know what? I'm really tender there. And I looked at her. I looked fine. The next day, she said, I have a sty. And I knew that coming into the appointment, it had started the day before. It wasn't that I gave it to her. She even talked to the doctor. It's not, he's like, you had this before you even went in. It's obstruction. And so he's like, you don't need antibiotics. You just need to do the warm compress. But she was really <laughs> upset. This is a high-profile person. And she had a photo shoot. And she, had, she just didn't want to be seen with a tiny little gap. So she came in. She's like, I'm going to come in. I said, I don't have a problem taking care of you with that little red bump. It was starting to go down already, but it wasn't bacterial. She'd had that confirmation from her doctor. I was in touch with the doctor, so everything was fine. So just so you know, the sty in itself isn't a contraindication, but if it were oozing, if you didn't feel comfortable with it, that would be fine for you to say no. And it is, yeah, but I think most clients, I was always, they were surprised when they call me and say, can I, I have a sty, is it, I still want my lashes, is that okay? And I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There are some like Chalasia or Chalazion, which it is sty, it's, it's a type of hordeolum, and they recur. Mm-hmm. And they are not infectious. They're not angry. They're not red. They're not. They, but they reoccur. They drain by themselves. Not obviously. They just drain internally. And they they come up. Those people are fine to get something. They might have an obvious bump. It might look kind of disfiguring, mm-hmm. but it's fine to take them. How about someone who has cancer and is currently on radiation or chemotherapy? chemotherapy? Yeah. If they come in and they want their lashes, I mean, we'll have a consult about it. I will still take them. Okay. I absolutely will still take them. People are like, oh, no, you can't do that because their lashes are going to fall. I had one gal who was going through chemotherapy. She had breast cancer, and she had opted for the treatment where she was chilling the hair follicles so that she wouldn't lose as many as possible. And she says, I know that I'm going to lose them on my eyelashes, but I just want to have them as long as I possibly can. And I said, as long as you know that I can only put an extension on something that has hair. And I know that with your treatment, as soon as it falls out, you're really not going to have another one coming back for a while. She's like, I am totally fine with that. I understand yeah. it's not you. She said, I just want to feel and look normal as long as I possibly can. Yeah, and she took a break after a while. Remember after that. she she yeah. had to because yeah. the, you know, they weren't there. But I just will say, just a sidebar, the people who do that hair chilling treatment where it protects the follicles, it really does. Like 50% of their hair still stays okay. intact. So anyway, it's not contraindicated. It's not going to cause damage to the client if they get lashes during chemotherapy. Yeah, it's, as long as they have hair. As long as yeah. they have a hair, as soon as it sheds, they might not have another one going back in. But, you know, as long as they know that. Yeah. You just go on as long as you can once there's not enough there. By the way, the, the, the reason why you should get loops, because when you have loops, you can see you a can lot. See. You can see the smaller hairs, the finer hairs that you normally would overlook with just your bare eye. Next one would be someone who has shallow roots or maybe fine lashes, and they, you know, they tend to pull out real easy. Yeah, sometimes people say if you've got really, really fine hair, you can't have lashes. Let me say, there are some with the appearance of very fine hair, but the roots are pretty durable. They're not shallow. When you think about it, like a baby hair in the antigen phase, it's starting to grow. It looks really thin. It looks really fine, but it's strong. That machinery that's holding that hair is working, and it's got deep roots, so to speak. That's okay to do, right? So some people... They have that appearance of fineness, and you, you might think, I can't do anything, it's going to all pull out. If you go to touch that hair and it stays intact, 
then it's fine. They're a little bit more durable. You can do that. If somebody really, truly does have shallow roots, and we have seen those people every now and then, you you know know this gal because if you look at her overall, first of all, it looks like she doesn't even have any hair because the eyelashes do not grow past one millimeter. Mm. They're very, very fine. Usually it can often most likely be somebody of Asian descent. Older sometimes can be that way. Now, this person can still have extensions, but they need a finer lash. Yeah. They can't, you have people in 16, 18s, and 20s no, lengthwise. You can't on there. even put a 0.15 on it. It has to be a 0. 0.1010, right? Yeah. Or a volume lash 0. 0.07 or 0. 0.05. Yeah, something small yeah. and light. Mm-hmm. So they can still do it. You just have to be careful about it. And you'll get, and it's like if you're new to this, it's going to yeah. be just experience. It's going to be a So teacher. even though that the hair may pull out, right, it's not permanently damaging them. That's how their hair grows. It, it still will continue to grow very, very small. They may say I have got a gal who had you know she's a mature client and she had cancer her hair did grow back but it's incredibly shallow and incredibly fine sometimes the extensions because they're just heavier will pull the lashes out but she still comes back every month with new baby hairs yeah you should listen to one of our episodes I forget which one it is where we actually talk about lash damage because I know our industry makes a big deal about lash damage and we just don't by the way I keep hearing people oh yeah I have pictures of permanent and then they ask people to send them, and they go, oh, I don't have those pictures. We're not going to go down that rabbit trail. No. Go listen to our other episode. Just look up lash damage. It's from one of our episodes, and we go into depth about what is truly lash damage, and is, is permanent long-term lash damage something you really need to be scared of because in our industry, we really love to throw it out there to create a lot of fear and all that, and we're really not afraid of that. Not a really big issue. And I'll just put a call out there right now. If one of you has pictures of permanent lash damage Please send it to us. We'd like to see I've yet to see a photo of it. Well, here, this is how I know it's not a real thing. Because a medical treatment to have you permanently remove a hair, an eyelash, it happens in the medical world that you oftentimes may need to have a hair permanently removed. In the case of trichiasis, where the the eyelash is is permanently going into the eye, it is not an approved medical treatment to have you pluck it out for even 20 years. Even if it over 20 years it miniaturizes because it still keeps growing back and it still can um, get into the eye and ulcerate it. So plucking the lash out, and we have known this for over 80 years minimum, but even longer than that, you know, hundreds of years since we've been, you know, uh, medicine. Yeah. It's not an approved treatment. So it's not a permanent. It's not a solution to the problem. There's other things that debate it or do other things that will remove it. So that all said, I know that we might have just gotten a whole bunch of people riled up on that one. That's go okay. go listen to the episode. I, I promise you, we go into a lot of details and Tustany breaks it down for you. So you have a better idea of what really what we would call lash damage and what you need to be afraid of, if anything, which we would say you don't. You don't have to be afraid of it. All right. Let me go two more. Um, this one, what's that? Trichotillomania. Yes, that big word. So trichotillomania is when people compulsively pull out their own eyelashes, yeah. eyebrow hair, hair on their head, hair on their forearms. Sometimes it has a component where they will also put it to their mouth or possibly even ingest that hair. But it's basically a compulsive pulling out. Is somebody who has trichotillomania, is she banned from getting lash extensions? Yes. No. Oh no! No, okay. oh, no. really? Okay. Yeah. You can you can do You're lashes. You're banned on from her. lashes. Yeah. You but pull here, your hair here's out. the thing. Here's the thing. You got to tell her 
that the extension is going to make her feel like she wants to pull it out even more. So if it's already a struggle for you, now I've had clients come in and say, like, I'm in therapy and I've been doing really well. And so my reward is that I'm getting lash extensions and I'm going to be under treatment with my psychiatrist. Yeah. So, um, by the way, I do that with alcohol. I said my treatment's been going really well. Mm. So I'm going to go drink tonight. No? Okay, sorry. People are going to think you really have a problem. <laughs> I'm joking. Yes. No, I don't. I am. Back to, the, I think this is interesting. I didn't think about this, yeah. but you're right. And what we do during that consult is explain, yes, I'm happy to do this for you, but it will feel like a big beacon for you to want to pull them out. Yeah. If you do pull them out, it's not a big deal. You will have no lash for the time. Could be a couple of months. Could be up to yeah. five months. Okay, it just depends on what your hair cycle is like. Yeah. The hair will grow back, but just are you okay with that? Yeah. And they're fine with it. Now, it's tricky when they don't admit they have a problem. Yeah. If they and don't admit don't. they... And so some what happens don't. is, this is what happens. The client, because they show up and you really don't have too much of a clue. They might have grown out their lashes. They get the lashes done. Then two days later, they call back and they say, because this has happened to us, um, all my lashes fell out. And you're like, really? Well, come on in. Let me take a look. And they get onto the table, and you look, and you see them. They're like, there are no lashes there. But not only are there no lashes, but there's no hair. You're like, okay, something's wrong yeah. here. You're like, did you happen to pull out your lashes? Oh, I kind of maybe did. Yeah, that's the problem. See, because when lashes that actually fall out, they usually will leave the hair intact. And what you have is no hair. So at that point, they didn't want to admit it. They wanted yeah. to get their lashes done again anyway. So how do you deal with that? Do you just kindly say, I think you have an issue or do you just ignore it? No, just... you say it has the appearance that these lashes have been pulled out. Okay. I don't know how, you yeah, know, you're okay. not, te- you're not accusing them. They're saying yeah. it looks like, because when a lash falls out, because the bond is not good, like I have done something wrong, you still will see the hair there. And when yeah. you came in yesterday, you had hair. See, look at your pictures. Now look at your pictures now. There's no hair there. So I don't know what happened, but this is an issue that I I can solve. So I can either put more lashes on the two hairs that you still have now. (laughs) And usually at that point they know. So what happens is what I'm looking for when somebody first comes in, and one of the first questions that I ask, I ask, you know, is the skin around your eyes okay? Are your eyes healthy? Have you noticed any abnormal hair loss in this area? And you're looking at their eyes. If they have any breaks in that lash line, you want to adjust that. You want to take a look at that and you say, do you tend to get pulled out? You don't want to say, do you pull them out? Do they get pulled out? Because sometimes they might not be able to admit that. Um, they say, yeah, I do. So that's when you say, hey, just so you know, I can do the service. You're just going to feel like you want to pull them out more. Is that okay? Or you might have gaps. Yeah, you're you going to have gaps. If it's too big. And with, so the yeah. gals who've had trichotillomania and that have been under treatment, some of them have done really well and continued on. Yep. Some of them will be like, you know, I went through a phase and I pulled them out. And so can you just do the best you can and fix it? And we'll be like, absolutely. And they'll come in and they'll have big chunks missing. But they're like, I know, I know, I've had a real stressful week, you know, everything's fine. Can you just make it look as best as you can? And I've had clients call and say, I'm just gonna have to cancel. I can't control it. I'm sorry. I love it. It makes me feel beautiful. But in the end, I'm paying a lot of money just to pull my lashes out because it really does make them want to even more than ever now pull them out. When you can have an honest discussion with somebody, it's no problem. The only time that it's tricky is when they don't admit it. All right. And then the last one that some people believe you should not have lashes is if you're allergic. If you have the allergy and your eyes get puffy and they get basically itchy yeah. and all that, is that someone that should stop? 
Well, here's the thing. There's two kinds of allergic reactions. We don't have to get into too much. One yeah. of them is an actual, a real allergic response. It is incredibly rare. That true allergic response, even if they get the swelling and they get the medication, it will take seven to 10 days for that swelling and that redness to come down. Now, if they have swelling and redness, it's just from contact dermatitis, which is way more common. This is the irritant this contact. This is irritant contact dermatitis. Yeah. It can be one eye or just both eyes. They get the medication. And then 50% of it comes down immediately. Medication, we're talking about dexamethasone. We've talked about this in a lot of our episodes. Let's go back to our allergy webinar, but we also have our allergy podcast where we talk about this and basically share. It's a little, it's been augmented or changed a little bit because now we distinction. There's two types of contact dermatitis Mm -hmm. there's allergic and there's irritant. Allergic is where you actually have a true immune response, the irritant is not an allergy. It's just ir- anybody your body can have yeah. anybody. It's like can a have compromised irritant. skin barrier. Usually your skin is this compromised. So it can get swollen and usually it goes away by itself. But if you want to have something to tell your client, you go through the protocol with them. But if they have the irritant, it's a really, really easy fix. Yeah. Right. But both of these, if they take our protocol, take our class or listen to other podcasts on this and you get dexamethasone, get the script, they can continue to have lashes with no problem. No problem. Now, the reason why sometimes people say absolutely not treat somebody who has an allergy to it is because they're really concerned, and I don't blame them, but it's an incorrect fear of something like anaphylaxis, yeah. like a life-threatening severe allergy, you absolutely. know, where your lips, your eyes, your nose, your throat. Say a peanut allergy happens and it could kill you. Yeah, and you can't breathe. That is not associated with cyanoac. There's no case of anaphylaxis. Even when it's injected intravenously and somebody has an allergy to it, there is no risk of anaphylaxis. It's a different kind of allergy. Of allergy. It is a type 4 delayed hypersensitivity. It and, is yeah. not... Yeah, we won't get into that here, yeah. but the idea is that it's not that. You don't have to worry about someone dying and suffocating on your bed it from a reaction It is not a, a life-threatening. Like it's a different... And if you take our course, you will learn what there are four types of allergies, and we break that all down. And now we even add the new thing where, it's, where most people, we believe it's actually just an irritant, mm-hmm. which means your skin barrier is a little compromised, possibly, and it's just causing it to turn red and puffy. Super easy fix. And that's easy fix. All these get corrected with dexamethasone, and you don't have to guess or try to figure out what it is you're doing. You don't have to diagnose. Yeah. You're not doing any of that. You're just doing lashes. And that's the other thing. I think people, aside from the fear that, well, I don't want someone dying from lashes, which, by the way, I've, that's never happened as far as I know. I know. We've been in this industry forever. I've never seen or heard or read a case situation where someone died because they got eyelash extensions. I just... Just don't know about it. I think there was that dog that bit off someone's eyelid recently getting eyelash extensions, but that wasn't from the lashes. That was from a dog. So I don't think you have to worry about that. If you haven't seen that, you should look it up. It's really disgusting. I feel bad for that woman. She, she's very upfront and sharing the whole story behind it. But that said, the other thing I think people are saying, well, I don't want to diagnose. And a lot of people think we're encouraging people to diagnose people with contact dermatitis. And I just want to clarify, we do not. No. That's not part of our protocol. But you're offering a service... You're accepting money for a service. You need to be, as a professional, you need to understand what are some of the complications and something that can can cause the client to have to seek the doctor. Yeah. You need to be able to speak to that. You need to be able to give her information as you would a pamphlet, the informative pamphlet, right? You're not diagnosing, but you're telling people what can be common problems and yeah. how they can solve those things. You're not saying you're qualified to medically diagnose somebody, but you are giving them information where they can go to fail to do other Otherwise, is not professional. Yeah. And so we're just saying, look, 
just make them aware of the possible conditions that can come from this. And then you say, but I will recommend you reach out to your doctor, to an ophthalmologist, optometrist, and then they will diagnose and decide what is going on with your eyes. We don't. We can't do that. But for someone to call you and be like, my eyes are red and puffy, and you'd be like, I have no idea what that is. It's not, I have no clue. Go pound I can't, sand. I can't <laughs> diagnose you, so good luck. I wish you well. I mean, that's not an appropriate response, especially if they spend any time for any client. You should be able to say, well... That could possibly be contact dermatitis. Obviously, I can't diagnose you. This is what contact dermatitis yeah. is. This is what it looks like. This is how it's treated. Yeah, and so why don't you go talk to a doctor now and get diagnosed and confirm yes or no and make sure it is. That's all we're saying. I just want to clarify that because I think that's one of the things I get. Some people reach out to me and go, I really don't like what you guys are telling people. Or I see other people in forums go, well, I hear LashCast recommends that you diagnose your clients and send them home with medications What and stuff. we recommend is that you be informed yeah. and you're able to talk to your client about yeah. that. That's what we recommend. I'm not upset at all right now, by the way. I'm totally okay. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> I, was like getting, I was like getting really intense on that one. I was like, okay, calm down. It's all right, Paul. We're still friends here. We're all good. And so I know another thing I just thought of it, which is okay. Some people, when they get that red eye, not from the blood vessel, but they get from the dryness because of the, you know, where the eye was open or something like that. And they go, oh, my client called and their eyes are burning and they were red because they got dried out or the eye gel pad maybe moved up a little too much in the eye. That's not another reason. That's not going to happen every time. You just have to be more mindful next time. Keep that eye moist. Keep that eye happy. Put some eye drops in it as you're working. Yeah, the artificial tears, which again, we talked about in other episodes, but just artificial tears and what brands. I get this question a lot. What brands do we recommend by chance? It doesn't matter. matter. I mean, you can renew, refresh, Optive. Not renew, refresh. Okay. CVS, Walgreens has their own brand. I get the individual ones. You just want to do, you know. You want the little eye drops. You don't want a bottle, eye right? drops. Yeah. yeah. No, you don't want one bottle because it's got preservatives in it. Okay. And it's that can be a little bit more irritating. And also, isn't that you'd be cross-contaminating, you too? You sure can. Yeah. So, <laughs> you sure can. Mm-hmm. like the way you said that. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much everything. I was trying to think if there's anything else. Do you have any other thing to add to Well, us? I just want to say, hey, I'd love to talk with somebody who that we've offended <laughs> or, or, or to say, is that really true? Let's have a talk about it. If you, if yeah, if you disagree with us, talk to us, reach out to us, let us know. We don't bite. No, we can we still be friends. Totally. Even if we disagree, we can still be friends. We do have a lot of friends of ours who we, we've gone, no, I don't agree with that. And they're like, I don't agree, but we're like, but high five. You're still cool. Like you a lot. And we love you. And we that's can, okay. Yeah, it's okay. I'd love to see that more of that action in their industry. I really would. It'd I be really nice. Would, yeah. I, I hate when I hear some, oh, blah, blah, blah. not talking to this person about this. I'm like, Oh my gosh. You don't have we don't have to believe exactly the same for yeah. us to get along. For the most part, lashes are not a moral issue. This is a matter of beauty and how you want to do it. And some people don't want you know, I've seen this and I'm, I support you too. If you're like, oh, if they're allergic, I will never give them lashes. That's fine. You can That's take fine. that. Road. Yeah, and I'll totally respect you yeah, and we can I'm, be friends. I'm not gonna talk behind your back like, oh my gosh, did you hear that she doesn't give lashes when they're allergic? Like That's your personal call. What are you most comfortable with? So, Mm -hmm. all right, guys, I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Brussels Griffon, Tusney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. (laughs) Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry, and we'll share what that means at another time. All right, take care, guys. Bye.